You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, friends. Well, you might have noticed that this ended up being a very long episode. So here's the deal with that. When ladies get together and start talking about how they chose their children's names, and then that leads into and directly correlates with a later event in their lives, it just takes a while to get through the story. So I could have broken this into two episodes, but why? You all have the capacity to hit pause on whatever podcast player you're listening to, and it won't hurt our feelings a bit if you do that. In fact, We'll never even know. But if you do pause, make sure you come back and finish the story because Megan has such a beautiful testimony about God's protection and care through her pregnancy and the birth of her son. You won't want to miss it. And while I'm here, I want to quickly mention, if this show is a blessing to you, take a second to give a rating and leave a review. We would love to hear from you. And now let's begin with the interview. Well, here I am with my blank piece of paper today, no notes at all, and I have just gotten to meet Megan, and I'm going to let you actually pronounce your last name because I don't even know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually Stoltzfus. Okay. It's like Schultz and Fuss like foosball. (laughs) Oh, that's complicated. I'm I'm going to let you keep saying it for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Stoltzfus. Yep. Megan Stoltzfus. Nice to meet you. I am so honored to be here. Well, this is fun because the only reason I've gotten to make this connection is because I'm in life group with a gal named Anya and she just told me, you've got to meet my friend Megan. And she kind of left it at that. She didn't give me any details at all and just said we had to meet. And then you did send me a little email that had a little glimpse into your story. But really, we're sitting down today having just met. And so I want to invite all of the ladies to join with us. It's like we're sitting at a coffee shop, just getting to know one another and I want to hear your story and how God has worked in your life. And I know that we are going to go back to a specific situation, but would you set the scene for me and just introduce who your family is or maybe a little bit of your history? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I am almost 40. I'll be 40 next year, which I can't even believe. And to all of you who are reaching that point in life, let me just tell you, you don't have to be old to be 40, which was just a revelation. That I feel like the Lord gave me yesterday. Cause I was like, how am I going to be 40? I'm so young. Aren't I like 27 or something like I just got out of high school. I was born and raised for half of my childhood in Tennessee, in Franklin, Tennessee. And then my family felt called to the mission field in Ukraine. So when I was 11, my family moved to Ukraine and with no plan no support, just God said, go. And my dad is very adventurous and fly by the seat of his pants kind of person. So we just went. And while we were there, we, God did amazing things. And that was how I met Anya. I met this newly saved, wonderful, sweet gal. And 
she was really good at speaking English. So she became one of our interpreters and we became good friends. And then when I was 14 there, my, my, actually my husband and his family also moved to Ukraine to be missionaries. And that's how he and I met when we were 14. Oh my goodness. What mm -hmm, an amazing story. It's so crazy. And that's not even the story I'm going to share today. And it's also very crazy. So when we were 18, we started dating. He's from Bozeman, Montana, and he moved back here to Montana when he was 16. And we didn't see each other for a couple of years, but then met back up when we were 18. And that's when sparks flew and we were like, wow, hello, <laughs> I'm seeing you <laughs> in a new light. <laughs> and so we started dating. And then when I was 20 years old, we were both 20 and I was still in Ukraine and he was here in the States. And I thought, you know what? I really want to marry this guy, but I, there's only so far you can go with a long distance relationship. So I'm going to just buy one way ticket to Montana, never been there. And we'll just see what happens. <laughs> and so I, I did, I got a one way ticket, came to Bozeman and in the summer of 2004. And we, <laughs> we took a road trip in November for Thanksgiving down to Tennessee, back to Tennessee to see all of my friends. And so he could meet all of my friends from Tennessee. And while we were down in Tennessee, decided to, at the suggestion of my dad, surprisingly, decided to get married while we were in Tennessee on our road trip. And so we were like, well, we're leaving in a couple of weeks. So let's just get married like a couple of days before we leave. So we planned this whole little wedding and it was super sweet and intimate. There were probably 50 people there and his parents flew out. His grandparents flew out. My parent, my whole family was still in Ukraine and they couldn't, tickets are so expensive to fly from Ukraine, especially for I'm little of six. So there would have been seven other people to fly. So they just sent my mom back as a representative and an ambassador. <laughs> and um, we got married and then we drove back to Montana married. So that's a whole other crazy story. Oh my goodness. Um, your, your family sounds like you have deep roots in being spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. A little bit nomadic, very spontaneous, very yeah, just go with the flow. And if God suddenly says, we're doing this now, we'll be like, oh, okay, let's pack. We're doing this now, you know, and, and yeah, just go with yeah. it. So thankfully my husband is also very adventurous. And once, you know, he, that kind of lifestyle is okay with him. So yeah, um, if God ever does tell us to pick up roots from Montana and go somewhere else, he would be supportive of that. So I'm really thankful about that. Since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a mom. My two dreams in life were to be a mom and a worship leader. And music is everything. Besides Jesus, music is next. <laughs> so I always had dreams of having lots of kids. And I remember being probably about 16, 15 or 16. This is when my husband and I were both uh, living in Ukraine. We weren't dating. We weren't romantically involved at all. Um, didn't really notice each other at that point, but I had doodled on a piece of paper beside my computer, the family computer. Uh, when I grow up, I want to have 10 kids. 
I don't know why I doodled that on a piece of paper. That's super random. But my husband, um, maybe the day later or something, happened to be by the computer and saw that piece of paper and read it and thought to himself, oh man, I better not marry that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some pretty high numbers, right? They are pretty high numbers, but I just love babies. I love being a mom. I love kids. And so I just wanted a lot of them. We get married, we start our life together. um, And after maybe three and a half years, we decide it's time to start after about three years, we decide it's time to start having kids. And it took a while. I thought like, you know, day one and be like, yay, pregnant, you know, but it did not happen that way. It was about six months actually before I finally got pregnant and I was so excited. And we were actually in Redding, California at the time, uh, going to Bethel church, going to the school of ministry. And after we were done with school of ministry, Um, we just stuck around just to absorb what God had for us there. It was so amazing and life-changing. And so while we were at Bethel, we were learning how to hear God's voice and that he actually can speak to us and does regularly all day long. He's constantly talking. The Bible says man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that's, that's a current active coming out, not came out of his mouth 2,000, 6,000, however many thousand years ago. So we know that God does speak to us today. And so we're, while we're learning this, I get pregnant. We're in, you know, we're, we're in this environment where people are learning how to hear God's voice. Well, we were, we were, we went to a church service one day and I'm squeezing through the rows past some people that I know to sit down in an empty seat. And I pass by her and I sit down. She's, she's probably maybe 15 years older than me, 20. She, she looks over at me with this kind of funny look. And I kind of like glance at her like, what's, what, hello? Yes, what's going on? And she says, are you pregnant? And I hadn't told anybody yet. I was like early pregnant. Are you pregnant? And I was like, my eyes just went wide. And I was like, yeah. How did you know? And she just said, when you passed by me, I just had this picture in my mind of um, you have a, a child, a little girl, and she was just dancing in a field, just just dancing in a field for, you know, with Jesus or just happily dancing in the field. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Maybe it's a girl, <laughs> you know? we eventually came to find out it was indeed a girl. And so I would ask my friends, I would say, Hey, would you just pray over my baby? I well, while I'm still pregnant, pray over my baby, ask God if he wants you know, to give you any kind of insight, tell me what he's showing you about this child. And so they would, and over and over and over, they kept saying without knowing what was said before, I just see this picture of her dancing. She's just dancing and dancing, 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 dancing over and over. I'm like, okay, I guess she's going to be a dancer. And now 14 years later, she is a dancer. She she dances with this dance team that she's been a part of and they do dance ministry. They're actually going 
to Mexico again this year on a mission trip and they do dance outreaches. She's an incredible dancer and she's so anointed in it. And it's so powerful when she dances because it's all, um, it's all for the Lord. She'll dance with flags sometimes um, in worship. And it's so, it's so powerful. She just releases the power of God when she dances. And so that was insight into who she was before she was even born, because I cannot emphasize enough. They are who they are in utero already. One of my, one of my kids, when we went to get the ultrasound, he had his face plastered up against the placenta and he would not move off that thing. He was just cuddled in nicely and snugly. And no matter what I did, he would not move. And lo and behold, he was born. And for the first year or two of his life, if there was a pillow or a blanket anywhere in sight, he would go over that thing and just push it to his face and lay on it and snuggle. And he just loved it. He walked over a pillow one time in the middle of the living room and stopped, turned back around and knelt down and just put his face on the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) So like they have preferences in utero. They have their gifts and callings. When God places a baby in your womb, he has already written books in heaven of their life. He has their name. He has their um, gifts, their callings, their whole life planned out already. And we know, we know that based on scripture, you know, with John the Baptist, with Jesus. I mean, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, So we know that God plans our days before we're born where nobody is an accident. Even if, even if the method of conception was not intentional or it was abuse or something and you get pregnant, that was not an accident. And he knits you together. And that is the beginning of your very purposed life, no matter the circumstances of conception. Just had to throw that out there. Um, Uh, I agree. So fast forward a few years and we're trying again to have another baby and I get pregnant and at nine weeks I miscarry and it hit me like a train. I never considered that even a possibility. Didn't cross my mind once. I was, I'm very optimistic, glass half full, like everything's going to be great. You know? So that was not even on my radar. Um, that was very just devastating. Fast forward a little bit, just a few months later, I get pregnant again. And at six weeks I miscarry again. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I know I was made to be a mom. Like I have had this in me since I was a kid. And so we're just praying and declaring and believing for life and, you know, no more miscarriages. So I get pregnant again and didn't even hit four weeks and I miscarried. And so I, it was so, it was so painful to keep miscarrying these children that I know had a destiny and a purpose and it was just stolen. It was not the Lord's will. It's never the Lord's will. I mean, he's to, to have a premature death, like premature death is just such a robbery of the enemy. So I was just, I just dug my heels in honestly and was like, Nope, you are not taking any more of my babies devil. This is not happening. And I just kept on believing and declaring and praying and just standing in faith. I went to see a a naturopath and turns out I had really low progesterone. So they put me on progesterone supplements and 
I was, when I went in, I said, I said, I think I'm actually already pregnant again, but I haven't taken a test yet. So they put me on progesterone right away. Sure enough, I was pregnant and I did not lose that baby. Praise mm. the Lord. Yes. Um, um, while I was pregnant with her, uh, I also, again, was asking friends, Hey, would you just pray and see what the Lord is showing you about this baby? Um, and we felt two things. We felt strength and wisdom over her. So I was looking at names, looking at names, because I want to pick names that mean the things that we get from the Lord about our kids, because names are so, so important. God is super into names. Um, He just all throughout the Old Testament, even you can see time and time again, how important names are to God. You know, we see Abram means father. And God changed it to Abraham, meaning father of many. And obviously he is the father of countless, 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 um, not just born Jews, but people grafted in, you know, adopted into the family of God. He's Abraham is, you know, the father, the patriarch of our faith. And God knew that before Abraham was born, he somehow put it on Abram's parents' minds to name their son Abram. Right. And then we see it with, you know, with his son Isaac, and we see it with Jacob, the heel grabber, you know, and then God changed his name to Israel because names are so important. John the Baptist, you know, to jump ahead and Zechariah saying, or Zechariah going mute, can't talk (laughs) until John was born. And everybody's saying, oh, well, what are you going to name him? What are you going to name him? Name him a family name. And he's like, right. his name is John. And yeah. then his mouth, his tongue was loosed and he could speak. Yeah. And yes, you obeyed. His name is John. And that's for a reason. <laughs> I love that, yes. that. How that played out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So names are so important. So, so important. So, and, and they're, they get, God gives us our names based on our identity. You know, that Abraham, the father of many and Jesus, you know, (laughs) Emmanuel, how many names does he have? They all describe who he is. Mm, And so our names are describing who we are. And whenever someone calls us, they're speaking our name over us. And so it's so important to name our kids good names (laughs) that aren't like, you know, whatever. I won't name any for example. I get you. I, uh, I do. Yes. I do enjoy names. And I think too, when we're parents, we're, it's like the very first child. I realize like, this is a big deal. This name is going to stick with this child for their entire life. Like, right. wow, this is a big responsibility to get to choose their name I really want to do this well, you know, wow. What if they don't like it someday or what if, what if, what if, what if, but yeah, that's so true. The pressure is so high and it, it can be scary to, to have that weight of they're going to have this name the rest of their life. Like I better choose the right one. How could I ever choose the right one? Well, thankfully we know that we can ask the Lord and he will share with us what he's saying about this person. Sometimes he gives them a name, like, um, he'll give them a specific name. Like when I, when I had a miscarriage the first time, when I had my first miscarriage, um, 
after I, you know, I, I grieved and I cried about it. And finally I was, I remember this, I was standing in the shower one day and I was finally ready in my heart. I said, okay, Lord, what was this baby's name? Yeah. And immediately the name Elizabeth came to me and that was nowhere on my baby names list. Like that wasn't even, I, I hadn't heard it recently, just all of a sudden it popped into my head. And a lot of times that's how the Lord will speak. It's the first thing that pops into your head. It's, it doesn't have to be this, you know, complicated, you hear a voice from God or you see a finger writing on the wall. You know, a lot of times it's the first impression that you get. And so as soon as I asked him the question, what was this baby's name? Elizabeth popped into my head and I looked up what it meant and it meant God is my vow or oath or the promises of God. And to me, it hit me so deep in my heart. Like, yes, God has promised me children. I know that he has promised me children and I know that he is a keeper of his promises. And so even through her name, I got a prophetic word out for myself out of her name. So fast forward to my second born child. And um, we were compiling the, the things that we were getting from the Lord and we felt strength and wisdom. And I thought, oh, my, my grandmother's name is Lola. That's super cute. I wonder what that means. So I looked it up and it means strong woman. I was like, oh, perfect. That's exactly what we need. Okay. So I'm looking at other names and I come across the name Rain, R-A-Y-N-E. I thought, oh, that's so cute. It's so beautiful. I love that name. Oh, I wish I could name the kid Rain. What does it mean? And it means one who gives wise counsel. And I'm like, sold. Yes. Strong and wise. Here we go. So that, that was pretty much in the bag. And what I wanted, where I'm going with all of that is picking a name for your kid is a big responsibility. That is true. And it can be scary. That is true. However, you can ask the Lord and he will show you what their name is. And so it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be daunting. Like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would pick a name if I didn't ask the Lord and if he didn't show me, you know, something to narrow it down, you know, because there's so many to choose from narrow it down. Okay. I got to find a name that means strength and wisdom. Got it. So we, we, I had her get pregnant again. And my midwife is just amazing. She is so anointed to be a midwife and she can hear the Lord really well. And that was one of the main things that I valued so highly about her was she wasn't just a doctor at a hospital and I was some patient and she's just practicing medicine on me. You know, she actually would ask the Lord for insight and follow his leading as she cared for these moms and then delivered their babies. And so that was invaluable. When I went in for my first exam with her, now I'm pregnant with my third child, born child. At, oh, I forgot something really awesome. Let me back up. While I was pregnant with Juliet, my number two, and I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl yet, I was reading something and I came across the word arrow and instantly out of nowhere, quote unquote, out of nowhere, the thought came to me that would make a sweet boy's name. And I was like, a boy's name. I don't want to have a boy. I want to have another girl. I'm into girls right now. I want to have some girls right. first. Like, uh -huh. where did that thought come from? And I thought, 
I wonder if I'm having a boy and his name is Arrow. That's super interesting. Yeah. Well, then we had the ultrasound and it was a girl and I was like, oh, can't even trust my own intuition. Like, great. I guess I'm, you know, hearing wrong. Right. That must have been Arrows whatever for another had, time. Yeah. <laughs> whatever I was eating that day, or I don't know where that thought came from. And I, I just thought, you know, I must have not heard right. It's a girl. So then after her, I get pregnant again. And so I go to my midwife and she's examining me and she gets this look in her eye. And I'm like, you just got something from the Lord. I can tell. What did you get? What are you, what are you seeing? What are you sensing? And she was kind of like weighing whether she should tell like asking the Lord, you know, because not everything that you get from the Lord you're supposed to share. So it takes wisdom to know what to say, what to share, what to, when to just hold your mouth. She paused for a minute and said, well, I got that it was a boy and I'm just getting like straight shooter, just straight and true, straight shooter. And I was like, hmm, like an arrow perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, it was a boy and his name is Arrow. And he he definitely fits it. He's, he's amazing. He's, Uh he just brought so much enrichment to our lives. So he's number three. He is number three. Then I get pregnant again. These are all surprises. (laughs) Like we were going to have, we're going to have them eventually, but Oh, already. Okay. Okay. Here we go again. So I get pregnant again with number and four. And your husband is remembering that, that little picture yeah. next to the computer and the number yep. 10. <laughs> yeah. He would have been happy with one, but he's such a great dad. He lo- like, he'll jump on the trampoline with them. He'll wrestle around the floor with them. He's very active and adventurous and a child at heart himself. So he's such right. a great dad. He's such a great dad. It's a lot for him, but he's, he's killing it. So um, he was so just you're like, at number four name. now we're at number four. And when I'm asking my friends now we're, we're living in Bozeman, Montana at the time. Well, by, by this point. And so I'm asking my friends that I know can hear the Lord. And I'm like, would you just pray and see if God gives you anything about this baby? And t- oh my gosh, I don't, I can't even count the times when they would, they would just put their hand on my belly, close their eyes and just wait on the Lord and see what kind of sense or picture or, you know, whatever kind of inkling that God would give them. And time and time again, they would say, you know, I'm just feeling like warrior, just warrior for Jesus. I just see this fiery warrior spirit, just this just this girl dancing, just with this warrior dance for Jesus, warrior this and warrior that. And eventually I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this child? <laughs> like fire and warrior. And well, I better like give her a middle name that means peace or something to mellow her out at least a little bit, you know, <laughs> with all these uh-huh. warrior words. Yeah. And so we find I'm, I'm scrolling through my, my, baby names app on my phone and oh what are we going to name this baby and I'm scrolling through names I always loved the name Finn for a boy and so I'm scrolling scrolling and I see Finley I'm like oh it's a girl name there's a girl version of Finn I had no idea I've never even heard the name Finley that's so cute I wonder what it means so I click on it 
it meant one word. It means warrior. And I was like, oh, no way. That's amazing. What are the odds? Well, it was totally God because it was like, I already liked the name. And with, with the other ones, I already liked the name. Like, oh, what does it mean? And it means exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And it was just total confirmation. Like it's so much easier to name kids when God's doing it with you. <laughs> so we named her Finley. And then my husband's grandma's middle name is Irene, which means peace. So she is Finley okay. Irene, warrior of peace. And oh my word, she was my happiest baby. And then she turned one. And then that warrior spirit kicked in something fierce. And she is so feisty and so energetic and just loves so fiercely and is so (laughs) definitely the warrior spirit. And I knew it. I saw it one day, my husband and, and she were, they were uh, playing a little game. She was two years old. I'll never forget it. And they're sitting on a chair and my husband is pretending that he hears a dinosaur coming. And he's like, Oh, Finley, I hear a dinosaur. Oh no, a dinosaur is coming. Hide, you know, and they, they hide. And then, Oh, okay. It's passed. Oh, I hear a dinosaur. Finley, oh, I hear a dinosaur coming. Let's hide. Well, instead of hiding, she turns to that dinosaur with a fierce look in her eye and goes, and roars at that dinosaur to scare it away and I saw that and was like oh that's the gift okay Uh, okay I see it now I see it now (laughs) I've just been like pulling my hair out with this child there's so much to handle and then but okay there's the gift Okay. I can do this. And and you think about that and, and where we move as a culture and, you know, as our lives play out, how important that's going to be to have a child who is a warrior child, Totally. you know, like there's going to be something someday the Lord calls her to stand firm in and she can't hide from, you know, she's going to be on the front lines. Exactly. Exactly. So I keep telling myself the world needs Finley. The world needs a Finley. It's okay. You can do it. Cause it's a lot in the moment when she's a toddler and now she's almost six. And, um, but she's so amazing. She's so, but she's the kind of, she's the kind of the kid that like just loves so fiercely. She just go up to the baby and just hug them so tight that their head's about to pop off. You know, it's that kind of fierce fierceness. (laughs) So we had that happen very similarly with a newborn little chicken. Um, Yeah. A little (laughs) too much hugging that happened. So yes, that kind of thing. Yeah. We were just going over that the last night of childhood (laughs) memories. And yeah, there was a little chicken hugger at our house. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, yeah, she's the kind of person that bit our friend's dog instead of the other way around, you know? Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Anyways. So after having a Finley for a couple of years, I kept joking around and I would just say, 
just jokingly, oh my gosh, if I have another kid, I'm just going to name him River because I just need him to be peace like a river after Finley because I can't do another warrior child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then lo and behold, pregnant again, pregnant a lot. And um, I'm just so excited. We we get the 20 week ultrasound and it's a boy and yay, this is amazing. So we're, we're gearing up to have another kid and doing well and we go to and you've got this down because you've done this so many times right like this one should be a piece of cake i'm a professional totally totally um the pregnancy all of my pregnancies leading up to that had been identical in like symptoms that i would have and so they got this one was completely different i didn't have one single pregnancy symptom it was so bizarre. I was not, I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't have any kind of sciatic nerve pain. I was sleeping amazing. I didn't even have low progesterone, like with all the others. I was praying and declaring, like, I will have perfect or above perfect progesterone for this baby, for this pregnancy. And I did. It was a little above normal. Like, it was amazing. Like, everything about the pregnancy was so easy, so so easy. Um, I didn't even have gestational diabetes like I did with the others. Like it was, it was weird. I was probably 10 weeks and I I had a positive pregnancy test, you know, like, okay, like I'm pregnant, but I do not feel pregnant. And so Mm -hmm. I asked my midwife, would you just double check that there's something in there? Because I'm not like, I'm, I'm feeling nothing. And sure enough, you know, there was something in there. So I'm like, wow, maybe this is going to be like the perfect birth because it's the perfect pregnancy. You know, it's like so easy. So we get to it's, it's month eight. So I've got a month to go and the baby's not really very big. Like my midwife for like that, that last appointment was like, yeah, he's kind of small. It's a boy. He's kind of small. But then again, you know, you eat really well, you're not very big yourself. And it's right around the time where they really start to chunk up. So we'll probably see him chunk up here in a minute. Well, I also wasn't feeling very much movement. And I'm like, this is not my first rodeo. I know by month eight, they're like hard to handle. They're playing soccer in there and kicking everything. And, you know, it's hard to breathe, but he's not moving a lot at all. Finally, one day, I'm thinking to myself, it's a Saturday morning and I'm like, did I, have I felt him move at all today? And then I start to think about, okay, yesterday, did I feel him move for sure yesterday? And I couldn't think of a time where I specifically felt him move. And so I texted my midwife and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I felt him today or yesterday. And so she says, eat something sugary and lay down. I'm on my way, you know, just to try to get him active. Right. And so I lay down my, my husband is just out of town about half an hour working on a cabin just outside of cell service. And my brother and his wife and family are here. They took all the kids. They had three or four kids or she was pregnant with their fourth. And they took my four, went to a restaurant, ate some lunch. And I just lay down on my bed and I held really still. And I was just like, jiggle the baby in my belly, you know, just wiggle my belly, poke at him and then hold super still. 
and see if I could feel anything. And there was nothing, no response. So my midwife came actually right before she got there. My friend, Crystal, who our husbands were together at this cabin, she comes over and she says, oh, here, look, I got a free car seat. And she drops off this infant car seat because I didn't have one yet. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, this is actually what's going on right now. I can't feel the baby move. You could just pray. <laughs> so I said goodbye to her and, and she left. And I laid back down. My midwife came and she put the Doppler on my belly to find his heartbeat. And I was like, I, I honestly did not know what we were going to find. I didn't know if I was going to have to start texting all of my prayer warrior friends and just say, we need to pray resurrection. The baby doesn't have a heartbeat. Or if I, you know, I didn't know what we were going to find. So she puts the Doppler on my belly and we hear, and I just start sobbing like, he's alive. Oh my gosh. He's alive. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. But his heart rate was slow. It wasn't sounding good. And so Jamie, my midwife says, you know, he's not sounding very good. We need to get you up to the hospital and get an ultrasound um, and just see what's going on in there. He's still really small. So we go up to the hospital. Meanwhile, I'm trying to call my husband. He's not answering because he doesn't have cell service. And so I just am leaving messages like, hey, babe, I'm just heading up to the hospital now. Um, hopefully they just tell me to drink more water and go take it easy at home. Worst case scenario, we have a baby tonight. So hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> You know, like, please, yeah. Jesus, yeah. get my husband yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. So we make it to the hospital and they do an ultrasound and they're like, yeah, he's real small. He's not sounding very strong. His heart rate is not very strong. We need to take him out today, like now. And I'm like, mm. oh, can we wait? A, can we wait a minute? My husband's not here. Um, I'm going to send somebody to go get him. So I called Crystal back who dropped off the car seat and I said, Crystal, will you please just drive over there and get him? I, he's not answering my calls. I can't get hold of him and it's go time. And she's like, of course, of course. So she books it out to the cabin. Meanwhile, my husband is sitting on a boulder by this rushing river, just contemplating because he's very contemplative like that. And he's just enjoying nature, enjoying the sound of the river. At this point, we had two names. We had the name Josiah and we had the name River. We had the name Josiah because I had read the story in the Old Testament of King Josiah. He was 16 years old and he became king. And they found the old scrolls of the scriptures and they read them to the king, to King Josiah, mm -hmm. this teenage kid. Mm -hmm. And he realizes they have not been following God's laws and it just tears him up inside. Yeah. And he just, he calls everyone to like, they tear down the, the Asherah poles to the, to the false gods that had been set up and like grinds them to dust and throws them in the river just for good measure. Mm -hmm. Like he, he's like, we are, he turns the whole nation back to God. Like we are following God. We have not been following God, you know, tear down all of these high places to, to, to false gods and the idols and everything. 
And I read that and it just struck me to my core, like, oh, his passion for God is so amazing. And, and it just, I thought, why is this, why is this story just really hitting me deep? I wonder, I wonder if I'm carrying a Josiah, like Mm -hmm. if this is who he is, I'm, I'm, this is this, this is what he's carrying this passion for God that goes against the flow of what everybody else is doing. And he will just unashamedly run after God. And so I thought that that's pretty cool. I should, we should definitely consider the name Josiah for this kid. So we had Josiah and we had river because of the peace thing. And whenever I would ask people to pray for him or over him, just to get to kind of get a word about him, what's God saying about this baby? I even asked my friend who got the the fiery warrior for Finley. I said, Shiloh, would you please just ask God who this baby is? Please tell me it's not another warrior. I can't do another fiery baby. <laughs> and so she prays. She's like, God, oh, you know, who is this child? No, I'm not getting warrior at all. I'm getting just so peaceful, just really peaceful, just even keel, peace, peaceful, steady. Oh, okay, great. And it was like that. Like everybody who prayed was like, no, I'm just feeling peace. Just a lot of peace. So I'm like, sweet. Yes. River. Maybe I thought I was making up river, but that was probably the Lord putting that in my mind. And so we had Josiah and we had river. Well, my husband, who's, who likes the more traditional names was kind of hung up on the name river is a little hippie for him. And we already had an arrow and a rain so he was like, I don't know if we can do river too, but so he's sitting there on the boulder and he's thinking, and this thought, he thinks, you know what river, that's, that's a good name. We could do river. And this thought comes into his mind, peace, like a river raging torrent of change. And he's like, huh, that's weird and random. Like where'd that come from? And they, they finish up, you know, what they were doing. Um, he and his, his buddy Eli, and they, they get in this truck and they start to head back to town. Well, just as they leave the cabin, they see this car, this van tailgating a truck in front of them. And they're like, geez, what in the world? And they pass them and it's crystal. And she, and she drives past them and they're like, I think that's Crystal. What's she doing out here? And she whips around and they both park and she comes up to the window of the truck that my husband's driving. And she says just very calmly, cause she's just the calm kind of person. Everything's okay, but Megan's in labor and you need to get there right now. And he just kind of, his eyes get big and he's processing what she just said. And he says, okay. Okay. And just guns it to the hospital. Meanwhile, they're wheeling me into the operating room with every pregnancy. I always had a dream, at least one dream of having that baby. I'm not a huge dreamer, but I, I would have dreams of having the baby. And it was interesting because some, some of the dreams, the baby would kind of come out through my skin, like of my belly. Like I could see their face. Like if you were to put a shirt over your face and you can see the shape of the face under the shirt, it was that kind of thing, but with my skin and they just kind of came out through my belly. 
the ones that I would had dreams of like that ended up being C-sections. <laughs> and then I would have other dreams of giving birth naturally. And I gave birth naturally for those. So that was wow. a kind of a cool, interesting thing. I thought, well, I hadn't had a dream of having my fifth one yet until that morning, right before I woke up, I had a dream of having this baby and he was like the, the whole atmosphere in the dream. So peaceful, excited, joyful, just so happy, so happy. So they're wheeling me into the operating room and I just feel so much joy and so much peace. I'm not scared. I'm not like I've had two C-sections already. This isn't new for me either. Well, but it's amazing just the change when you have in your mind, even you, you have a midwife. So I'm thinking you're more, a little more naturally minded and and you have your birth plan and you know how it's going to go or what we dream, you know, you make your birth plan with your dream of how you'd like it to go. And obviously this has changed. And usually that change in your birth plan brings about a little uh, anxiety, apprehension, mm-hmm. a little bit of fear. And that's mm-hmm. amazing that you did not feel those things at that point. Totally. It was so just the Lord's grace. Um, I was totally expecting a birth like Finley's where the labor was three hours and through the night, I just, I just laid there peacefully through most of it. I got in the tub for a little bit of it. And I just told Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be my birth coach. And when a, when a contraction would come, I would just breathe in, like, just, just picture myself breathing in like the peace of heaven. And Jesus was holding, I would just see him holding my hands and saying, I created you to do this. You're doing so good. And I would just be like, Oh, thank you. You know, it was just, it was so sweet, such a sweet, intimate time with the Lord, with Jesus in my bathtub all alone in the middle of the night. My husband was, you know, getting stuff ready. And then my midwife who was out of town, she was on her way, but her assistant beat her there and said, I want to check and see how far along you are. So I got out of the tub. I mean, contractions are right on top of each other at this point. And I lay down on the bed and she's like, oh, you were at a 10. We are having this baby right now. I'm like, oh, really? That was so easy and fast. And two pushes and she was out. Like it was so easy and so peaceful and so amazing. And so just Jesus was all over it. I'm picturing that. I'm like, I got this now. You know, I got this birth thing down after two Mm -hmm. C-sections and whatever. I've finally dialed it in. And then all of a sudden this left turn and here we are, I'm having an emergency C-section one month early. (laughs) My husband, Isaac is still not there, but they, they lay me on the table and I've got a nurse at my left hand. God bless this nurse. She's holding my hand and you know, they, they open me up and all of a sudden all the nurses and doctors and everybody go over to the table. And I'm like, Oh, the baby must be out. They must have the baby. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even know, you know, I obviously you can't see or feel anything. And so I'm kind of like trying to look over there, but I can't see because everybody's crowding around the table. And the anesthesiologist comes over and she leans her face over my face. And she says to me, the baby's not breathing. He might not make it. They're trying to resuscitate him. And I was like, 
whoa, what? He's not breathing. He might not make like, okay, lady, you can go now because I don't want to hear that. Like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> I wasn't in denial, but it was like, uh, I do not receive that. I do not receive that report. And so I just told her, okay, so that she would go away and, you know, acknowledge what she said. <laughs> like, just get out of my space, lady. <laughs> and so I was like, after she said he might not make it, I just verbally out loud is like, he'll make it. And I just started praying and declaring in the name of Jesus, this child will live and not die. He will live and not die. I come against this bad report and I just command him to start breathing in the name of Jesus. And I, I don't know if I was praying out loud or under my breath or something, but the nurse that was holding my hand visibly upset, she says, do you want me to pray with you? And I said, yes. And so she just starts praying and crying out to the Lord, God, we just pray life over this baby. We just pray that he will live and not die. And I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you for sending this angel of a nurse to pray with me that loves you and you know will stand with me. Because your husband wasn't there yet. He's not there yet. (laughs) And so then I guess he started breathing, but nobody told me. And so she, the anesthesiologist comes over again and she leans her head over and she says, so do you know what a cleft lip is? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, he has one and it's pretty severe. And like another like left field, what? A cleft lip? Like my mind is just spinning like, huh. I wasn't, I didn't see that coming either. Like that's very unexpected. Like everything has been going great up until now, but still just, it just no fear. It was just more of like, okay, so now what, you know, now what, okay, we're all right. We're going this way now. And then right at that moment, my husband walks in. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. He's here finally. So he walks in and the door is right by where, where the baby is. So he walks in and he sees him there on this table and is like, he's so small. And I'm thinking, everybody keeps saying he's so small. Like, how small are we talking? Like, my babies are like eight, nine pounders. It's like, how small are we talking? Like, five pounds? Like, that would be so tiny. Turns out he weighed two pounds, one ounce. He was so small. If you put your hands together, he could fit in both your hands. He was probably the size of, I don't know, and he was all curled up. So he's probably the length of a banana, really. Um, so tiny skin and bones, just at eight months. Skin at eight months, delicate skin wrapped around like tiny little he, bones. Like he looked like a bird out of an egg. As well as because there was some sort of growth restriction going on, he didn't have room to move and stretch out. So his arms and legs were, um, could not extend past 90 degrees. So he's all curled up and he has a bilateral cleft. So on each side of underneath each nostril, there's a gap. And that center piece of lip is sticking way out. He looks alien. He looks alien. He doesn't look human. Um, so skinny. 
and curled up and plus his face. And he looks like just this wrinkly alien old man. <laughs> My husband comes and he, he puts his gigantic hand on this tiny little baby's chest. It covers almost his whole body. And he sees his feet and this thought pops into his head. Oh, he's going to be a climber. Hmm. A climber, like that's a super random thing to think at a moment like this. And when he's looking at his feet, like it, you know, it had, it was one of those, it's so random. It's probably the Lord. Anyways, he comes over, asks me how I'm doing. I'm fine. Yeah, just, yeah, I'm fine. Just go be, go be with the baby. I'm okay. And Bozeman did not have a NICU at that point. And so they say, well, we need to take him back over here. You know, we don't have the stuff to, you know, he's on oxygen. We need to, we need to start thinking about where to take him. We need to take him back over to this other room to, you know, stabilize him. We can't let you hold him right now, but do you want to see him? <laughs> and I'm like, is that a trick question? Yes. I would like to see my baby, please. Like, yes, please. Right. Right. So they hold him up in their hands and, oh, like literally he's like so small. And I just remember like this shock at seeing him for the first time, like fitting in the palms of his hands and just not even looking like a human baby. They wheel him off and they sew me back up. They say, we don't have the facilities or the, the, we don't have a NICU yet. We can't take care of him here. We need to transfer him to one of these other four hospitals you can choose from. You can you do Seattle, you can do Minneapolis, you can do Denver, you could do, you know, maybe some other thing. And my husband said, well, I've got a brother in Seattle. Let's do Seattle. So they say, okay, we'll transfer you to Seattle Children's Hospital. That night, um, this is, this is evening. A few hours later that night, um, I can, they wheel me. I'm like, so determined to, you know, get my legs, let my legs working again from the anesthesia get into a wheelchair and go see my son who I haven't touched. I've seen from across the room once. Right. So they wheel me into the room. Like I'm still stuck in a wheelchair. I can't, all I can do is just reach up and put my fingers on him because he's so tiny and just I'm praying over him and can't kiss him, can't reach him, you know, to give him a kiss even. And they put him in this box, this isolate uh, temperature controlled box to transfer him, you know, and put him in the airplane. Yeah. It's a long ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. He and my husband fly, uh, in the middle of the night to Seattle children's and there I am at the hospital by myself (laughs) in a different state even. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We're in Montana. That's a 10 hour drive, you know, a few hour flight in the morning, my husband calls and asks, you know, how I'm doing. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? He says, yeah, we're, we just got settled into our room. The hospital is laid out in wings and each wing has a name based on like the cancer unit is the forest wing and the, the, this kind of unit is the ocean wing. And guess what wing we're in the river wing. And I was like, what? the river wing get out of town like are you kidding me that's so amazing it was like a breadcrumb you know like god's mm-hmm. like i'm in it yes yes river and we're like all right yep his name is josiah river 
So my husband is in Seattle with the baby and I'm back in Montana for three days before I'm able to fly um, and go be with them. Finally. And, and you're having to set up like childcare for the other four and be oh, prepared man. to be gone out of state. Yes. Well, this is another like total God thing about the story is my brother and his wife who were here, they were here visiting for like a couple weeks. So all of a sudden, when my husband and I have to leave town, they are here still watching and taking care of the other four kids. Oh, and it was, it was so perfect. It was, I mean, it was a bummer that we didn't get to hang out with them for the summer, but it was such perfect timing because the Lord knew (laughs) what was going to happen and had them there to be able to do that. So we're so thankful for them. We have such a great community also in our church and just here, and they all stepped up in such amazing ways. Um, babysitting and bringing meals and sending money because my husband wasn't working nearly as much. And now I fly out to Seattle. I'm there with my husband for a couple of days. And then one thing that happened with my husband was he goes out to a brewery just to get some air and he sits down in the corner and the server or the waitress comes over to get his order. And she notices the lanyard around his neck, the parent lanyard, the the ID tag that you wear when you have a kid in the hospital. And she said, oh, uh, what would you like? And the first one's free. And he's like, what? And she said, yeah, see those, there's an apartment up there next door to this brewery. And they have worked it out with the brewery that if anyone comes in, that's a parent that has a kid in the hospital, their first pint is on them. And it just it just broke my husband. Like he just was, oh, support. You see me, you know, he was feeling so discouraged and mad and frustrated and like, rah, you know, with all of this that was happening. And he just kind of went out to vent and just be mad. But then it was like this perfect stranger had set it up to show him support. And I see you and I feel for you and I sympathize with you. There, let me try to show you my support. And it just, it just broke down those walls in his heart that were that, you know, that thing that just wanted to be mad. And he just was like, oh, wow. Then all of a sudden from behind him, he hears, Hey, are you from Bozeman, Montana? And he turns around and he's like, yeah, what, how do you know? And his hat said Bozeman, Montana on the back. And they were from Bozeman and they had flown to Seattle because their son was also getting admitted to Seattle Children's the day after Isaac had. And so he was able to talk to this dad who had a kid in the hospital from Bozeman and encouraged him. And they were just able to, you know, share stories and swap numbers. And it was just like another breadcrumb another breadcrumb. Like, I see you, I've got you, I'm leading you and guiding you through all of this. Mm-hmm. And it, he just, he came back to the hospital, you know, so, so different, you know, his heart was mm-hmm. just so different. You don't and have to do this alone. I'm sending right. people to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I've never yeah. left you. I've never left yeah. you. And even though it's not God's will to give birth defects. Like he doesn't create us with birth defects. 
because we live in a fallen world, stuff like that just happens. And he helps us get through it. You know, he has, he has plans for, you know, to prosper us and not to harm us for a future and a hope. You know, he doesn't have plans for calamity and for sickness, illness, disease, and death and destruction. Like that's the devil's MO. You know, we sometimes get, get it mixed up. Like when we think, well, I guess God just wanted him to be this way so he could show his glory somehow. It's like, well, that's not really the exact right way to look at it. Like the devil is the author of destruction. Like he prowls around looking for something to kill, steal, and destroy. Like that's what Satan does. But God, he takes those broken things and he brings such beauty from the ashes that it's many times better than it was before. And people think, oh, well, God must have done the destruction so that he can bring the blessing. And no, 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 no. You're, you're giving God the devil's role also. That's not how it works. Like God is the author of good things and every good and perfect gift comes from from the father. So just knowing that, you know, I know God, that this was not in your perfect will for Josiah to be this way, but I know that you are going to take it and you are going to turn it around and bring glory for yourself out of it and bring Mm -hmm. miracles. Mm -hmm. And so I was just believing for him to be, you know, healed and believing for restoration and whatever, as I'm sitting in the hospital, I would just he's so tiny. I would put him up by my collarbone and kind of tuck him in the collar of my shirt and just hold him. He's like the size of a gerbil. It's like holding a gerbil. I didn't know how to hold a two pound baby, but just kind of like held him with one hand up right below my chin and would just read the Bible to him and just read scripture and just sing over him and pray over him and, and just believe that, you know, God had him. And, and after a while, I noticed when there would be a loud noise in the room, he wouldn't jump, like have the startle reflex. And after a few times of this happening, I started to wonder, like, are his ears okay? Like, can he hear? Because that was a pretty loud noise and he didn't respond at all. Yeah. And so I told the nurses about it and they, they had a hearing, they had a person come in and test his hearing and he didn't pass the initial test. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, is he deaf? And I was remembering back to when I had one of my friends pray over the baby and just get a word from the Lord. And she saw this picture of him toddling around as a toddler, just in kind of a a field or with trees and there's a waterfall and rolling hills and this beautiful scenery. And he went up to a bush or a tree that had a broken branch and he took a string from a lyre one of those like harp instruments and he wrapped the string of the lyre around the branch to heal the branch and fix it like to like a cast or like a splint right and he healed this broken branch through a string of an instrument and she felt like he was going to be a worshiper who brought like just healing from heaven through the worship and the sound and just an anointed worshiper. And so I have this in my mind as a promise of the Lord that he is going to be a musician and he's going to be a worship leader and he's going to be highly anointed in it. And, 
all of a sudden we're hit with, oh, but he might be deaf. And I'm like, uh, uh, no, no, that doesn't add up. If, if he's deaf, then either God's going to heal him supernaturally, hopefully as a kid, hopefully as a child. So he doesn't have to, am I going to have to learn sign language? Like, no, no. (laughs) And so the doctors say, well, you know, with clefts, that'll happen a lot. Like stuff will get in their ear canals and Hmm. um, because of their, their anatomy and it will block the sound and, you know, it could just clear up over time. And so we don't know. And so um, we also, his electrolytes are low and his arms and legs are, you know, they say he might never walk because his arms and legs don't fully extend. And so we have all of these like, horrible diagnoses. And I'm just like, nope, 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 not happening. I don't receive it. Like I hear you and I hear the diagnosis, but I do not receive that as truth over my son because I have the word of the Lord first. And I know that he said he's going to be this way. And I know that God gave him to us and God's will is, you know, for, for us to live in health and, you know, prosperity of soul, body, everything, all of it, you know, just like, that's, that's God's MO. He blesses us with good things. And so I'm claiming all of this and I'm believing all of it. And I'm, you know, just digging my heels in. I'm very stubborn and it, it can, it can be a downfall sometimes, but in put in the right context when it's like, no, I am stubbornly standing on the promise of God. Then it is a really good thing. (laughs) we ended up being in Seattle children's hospital for a month. And during that month, we had people praying like an army of, of people praying. And we had him, we had his ears tested and it turns out he actually was not deaf. It was just stuff clogging his ears. And so, you know, they said, as he sneezes, it will continue to dislodge stuff and, and he'll be able to hear. And I remember holding him, and a doctor came in the room or a nurse like ripped a bag open really quick and it made this loud noise and he jumped in my arms and I was like oh, that just scared him that made him jump and the nurse was like oh I'm so sorry I'm like no no you don't understand I'm super excited that he just got scared at that loud noise because that means his ears are opening praise the lord I was so excited his arms and legs started to just naturally open a little further and a little further and he stretched about more and more and more mm-hmm. until they were he would just stretch out fully and there was no more restriction and his electrolytes were equal or normalizing and his, his weight was, you know, was coming up. And I remember, you know, just celebrating when he was three pounds and then four pounds, like he can't even ride in a car seat until he's four pounds. So we've got some ways to go. Let's keep going. And because of his cleft, he can't, nurse and I that was a that was a really big disappointment because I love nursing but we're trying to bottle feed him trying to get him to feed he's got a an NG tube which is a feeding tube in through his mouth well through his nose which was open to his mouth because he had a cleft palate as well so it's just all kind of open in there he's he's just continuing to make progress every day I meet with a surgeon and they they say well okay so we're gonna we're gonna try to transfer you closer to home so I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> My family had driven the 10 hour drive a couple times, but I was ready to just be back in Montana. 
yeah, after a month sure. in, in Seattle. And so they transfer us back to Missoula. That's the closest I can get. It's three hours from Bozeman of a drive. So that's great. You know, at least they can come up more often and it's easier. And they discover before they discharge us that he can't, he's, when he bottle feeds and swallows, he aspirates a little bit. So they can't, they want to put a G tube in. So they end up putting a G tube in and that was kind of a bummer, but still, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do that. So I ended up pumping. I had been pumping. (laughs) I had been pumping milk and freezing it. Right. For the month that I was in Seattle. Yeah. Well, he was only taking like a couple tablespoons per feed. And so when it was time for me to leave, I had like three and a half gallons of breast milk frozen. <laughs> I bet. Like, I bet. Oh, oh man. Do any of you guys want this? Cause I don't need all of this. So I donated a bunch of it and left it there and took some home, but it was, it was like, thank you, Lord, for the abundance of milk. And that was life for some other baby. Yes. Some other baby really needed it. Yeah, totally. Totally. That was an answer to somebody else's prayer. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. So we go to Missoula. We're there for another month. And then finally he's, he's, he's gained enough weight. He's doing great. He's got a G tube and they finally discharge us and we go home. Well, fast forward three and a half years to present day. He does still have the G tube, but he's had all of his corrective surgeries for his lip and his palate. He's in therapy for eating because he's still, he can eat orally, but he's, he doesn't really like to that much. Cause it's so easy to just get it through your tube, you know? So he's working on that. He's running, he's jumping off of stuff. He's climbing all over everything. He's so active. His weight is finally in the percentiles. Like he was so far under the percentile chart. It was like, he was barely made it onto the piece of paper that the chart was on. He was so low, but right. now he's like in the yeah. percentiles. I mean, you know, between one and seven percentile, but still he's up there. Right. He's, he's on the he's chart talking. He's so smart. He's so funny. I remember taking him to the, to a doctor's appointment. And just when he turned three, just as well, his well child checkup. And the doctor was like, well, he's just doing so well. He's right on track with everything except his humor. You don't see humor in three-year-olds like that. He's got a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. he just, but I took him into the music store the other day this summer. And he was like a kid in a candy store. He was running over to all the guitars and just strumming them. So wide-eyed and excited. He loves guitars and violins and cellos and bass guitars, piano, like all the instruments. He's just fascinated. He loves them. And it's so amazing because the bass player in our church recognized something in him and felt the Lord nudge him and prompt him to gift Josiah a little mini bass guitar. And so one Sunday after church, he pulled him aside into the hallway and my husband and I were there and, and he just looks Josiah in the eyes and he says, now, Josiah, you don't know what I'm, you don't understand what I'm saying now, but you will someday and your spirit's going to get it. But 
you are going to do mighty things and you have a calling on your life and the Lord's going to da 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 And he just started prophesying over him and just speaking these amazing words from the Lord over Josiah. And Josiah's eyes were locked into his, like he didn't bat an eye. He was just taking it all in. And he gave him this bass guitar and Josiah, he, we put it on him and he would pluck a string and he'd go, Bow. and he would look up at us and go, <laughs> and, <"Bow." laughs> and he would just laugh and just had just so much joy from, from this guitar. Like we're totally seeing just this love for music and his natural draw to that i can see how the lord's word about him being this anointed you know worshiper musician yeah. is already yeah. like deeply embedded in his core who he is yeah and yeah. as as one last little thing the name josiah means god heals yeah you hadn't mentioned what that name meant no nope. no nope. perfect no, I looked it up and was like, oh my gosh, it means God heals. That is so amazing. That is so perfect. Like perfect. you just, you just can't make this stuff up, you know, mm-hmm. like God is so amazing. You just can't make it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We started off talking about names and you brought it right back to names. It, what we name our children is important. We can pray over that and definitely the Lord can help us as we we speak into their future, who, who they are, yes. who God's created them to be. Yeah. Well, Megan, I think we could chat even further about the process of like what was going on in your heart and your relationship and, and how you guys managed through being in such a stressful situation. But for today, we're going to wrap it up and maybe another day we can come back and and just talk more. You know what it's like to be a mom with an abrupt change to your birth plan and then having to work through these special needs issues that you did not see coming, but you've watched God work in the past. He's shown you, like you said, all these little breadcrumbs along the way to teach you more of who he is and how he is with you every step of the way. Whoever's listening, you know, I'm sure there's somebody today that is in a point in their life and maybe even a crisis. And let's just pray for them today and encourage them. Mm -hmm. So would you lead us in prayer? I would love to. One of the main themes that God was speaking to me about throughout that whole process was, was his faithfulness. And mm-hmm. my theme song was great is thy faithfulness throughout that whole mm-hmm. process, because he was so faithful to lead us every step of the way when we had no clue, like what hospital do we choose? But he knew, you know, and he was, like he said, just leaving breadcrumbs for us to confirm that he was leading us and guiding us every step of the way. And he had not left us. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like it all caught him off guard. You know, he knew nope. that it was going to happen and he had a plan already and we can believe and trust that he is so good. He's so good and he's so faithful. Yeah. So I just pray right now for anybody who is in a situation where their world just fell apart and their vision for the future just drastically changed 
because they got hit with some news or something happened. I just pray grace over them right now and that the peace of heaven would fill their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would pour out such love on them that they would feel your incredible love. They would feel your arms wrapping around them, that you would speak to them however it is that they hear you, whether it be through the Bible or through friends or through a knowing or a feeling or a vision or hearing your voice, that you would speak to them the way they hear you and that you would show them that you are ever present and you are so faithful and you are not surprised by anything. You're not surprised by any circumstances or um, even the mistakes that we make. You just reroute us back onto our destinies. And so I just pray right now, first of all, for grace, for strength, and for perseverance that we just we just know that that as we persevere through hard things, through trials, that you are strengthening us and bringing us to completion and um, count it all joy, my brother. And when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so I just pray that anyone listening would, would, see the situation that they're in as a test of their faith and that they would rise to the occasion, that they would rise to the challenge and that you would give them a gift of faith to believe for your healing, your goodness, your restoration, your hand, your faithfulness, your favor over them, and that they would not allow um, a bad diagnosis or negative words from doctors or whatever to be the final say. You have the final say, God. What you have promised will be done. And we claim that over them and we stand with them in faith and we say yes to your perfect will over their situation right now. And we speak life over them and their loved ones and blessing, just the blessing of heaven open over them right now. And I thank you, God, for the faithfulness that you've shown in our lives. And I just worship you and lift you up. And I give you all the glory and honor for that. And I thank you that if you did it for me, that you will do it for them. And so I pray that they would have hopeful expectation of good that you are going to do in their lives. Of blessing and outpouring and healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now we were chatting before you, you don't have a book, you don't have a website and all these things that some people have, some of my guests have, but you would do have a page on Facebook where they can come look at your story. And I know that it's a little, a few years back, but if they're curious about your story and want to connect with you, I'll put the link in the show notes, but would you like to just tell me what they will look for? Yes. So my Facebook name is Megan, M-E-G-A-N, more, M-O-H-R, I mean, name, Stoltzfus, S-T-O-L-T-Z-F-U-S. And this all happened back in the summer of 2019. So 
the easiest way to find it is to look through my photos and scroll back through the photos and look for the photos of hospitals and little tiny babies and then and click on those and you can read the story from there or view the post from there um and that's how I go back to it easily rather than scrolling for 20 years yeah. through yeah. three, you know, all those Facebook posts. Right. There's actually not that many because I've barely posted anything since then. But um, if you would like to see the pictures, um, they're all public access and quite, quite shocking and definitely worth having a look at and seeing what he looks like now, even to see how much, how, how much he's grown, how far he's come having a birth defect in a child is not the end of the world. Um, you know, because not just because we have the Lord, but because we have great doctors and our surgeon was amazing and did a beautiful job. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, if you want to see pictures or read more details of the story, you can find them on Facebook at Megan Moore Stoltzfus. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. This has been just a good time to sit and listen to what God has done. I appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor to share this, just the testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives. So I really appreciate being able to do that. Can never get enough testimony. I love it. Thank you. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true. Think on these things.